This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 57, Preparing the Rising Generation to Change the World. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 57 of the Stand with Lynette podcast, which will be the last episode before I take a summer break. I'm going to take this summer off. I haven't had a break in a year, over a year since I started this podcast. So it's time. It's time for a little break. I'm going to take a couple months off to enjoy being with my family, get my daughter moved into college and all of the things that go along with that. So this will be the last episode. I will be back again in the fall. I don't know exactly what date in the fall yet, but it will be in the fall. And we're going to have some exciting things that will be happening and some changes with the podcast, some of which I will talk about in this episode. So stay tuned for all of that. But I'm just excited to talk to you about something that I have been thinking a lot about over the last little while. So with that introduction, let's go. Okay, so I'm going to date myself a little bit with this next comment, but I am a child of the 70s, meaning I was born in the year 1977. I do not remember much about that decade since I made my earthly appearance toward the end of it, but the 80s and 90s, those were my home. The permed hair, the teased bangs, and the guest jeans were the substance of my dreams as a teenager. When my parents were not playing the music of the Carpenters or the oldies hits from the 1950s on the radio of our beat-up maroon station wagon, I listened to artists like Millie Vanilli until they were busted for lip syncing, of course, and then they were kind of off the scene. But then in high school, I moved on to mixtapes of songs from groups like R.E.M., Mariah Carey, U2, and Garth Brooks, whose famous song, The Dance, was a staple at our monthly steak dances, along with Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. The songs of the 90s will still bring me back to this day to cultural halls and high school gyms. But to be honest, the music that really spoke to my heart when I was a teenager was religious in nature because I was kind of a nerd that way. I listened to Michael McLean CDs on my boombox, again, I am totally dating myself here, until I knew every word of every song. Kenneth Cope was one of my musical heroes as a teenager, and I can still hear the soundtrack from Saturday's Warrior playing on repeat in my bedroom. As I listened to the lyrics of the songs from that musical, I felt something, a stirring in my soul that I could not fully explain back then. It felt like an awakening of memories from days long past that were just outside of my reach. With the veil of forgetfulness still firmly in place, I could not grasp what had happened back then, but something rooted deep within my heart told me that I had been and still was 
part of something important, something infinitely bigger than myself. I imagined that I was one of the heavenly warriors whom God had saved to fight for him in the latter days. I could almost hear the last conversation I had with him before I left his presence, the one where he reminded me of who I was and what he needed me to accomplish, the one where I promised to do everything in my power to return to him. President Ezra Taft Benson's words resonated with me on a deep level back in my youth, even though I was not quite two years old when he relayed these words to a gathering of young adults in March of 1979. He said, quote, For nearly 6,000 years, God has held you in reserve to make your appearance in the final days before the second coming of the Lord. God has saved for the final inning some of his strongest children who will help bear off the kingdom triumphantly. And that is where you come in, for you are the generation that must be prepared to meet your God. Close quote. It has been almost 44 years since President Benson's prophecy, in which time the collective morality of society has been in a nosedive. The world of my youth was not always pretty. The hairstyles were atrocious for starters, and I have the yearbook photos and the snapshots to prove it. But beyond that, there were, of course, temptations and all manner of pitfalls that took many off the straight and narrow path. But even then, most people in society agreed on the big things, like how to define family. Traditional marriage was the norm, so those who supported it were not mocked or hated. Gender was easily defined by a birth certificate. Pornography was not readily accessible, and there were no school shootings or lockdown drills, and the plague of mental illness had yet to affect the masses. The world in which we are currently raising children is infinitely more confusing and challenging than it was, was back in the good old days of the 1970s when I was born. Those who support traditional marriage and values are now mocked in the name of tolerance. Gender has become a social construct. The plague of pornography is ever-present, wrapping adults and children alike in its chains. School shootings are now no longer surprising, causing both parents and youth to wonder if the next one will hit close to home. There is also little agreement among different parties about what is right and what is wrong. Instead, the undercurrents of society encourage people to, to discover and live their own truth rather than a collective set of values that tie us together as society. And to top it all off, we are in the midst of an unprecedented mental health crisis. One in five adults and one in six kids between the age of 6 and 17 experience mental illness every year, with suicide being the second leading cause of death. There are times when I look around at what I am up against, what we are up against, in attempting to raise children who can maintain faith in a world that seems to be falling apart at the seams, and I feel outnumbered and overwhelmed. I wonder how I can possibly prepare my kids to stand strong against the growing tide of evil and despair. But didn't President Benson tell us that we are on earth now to help bear off the kingdom triumphantly? I want to be part of the team that accomplishes that mission. But what does that change entail for those of us who are raising children in this latter-day era? The answer to that question lies in a time and in a place that we cannot remember. There is much that we don't know about how the Lord decided which of his children would make their earthly appearance in this dispensation of time. 
We do know, however, that he gathered the noble and great ones before their sojourn on earth and asked them to do a variety of things for him. President Spencer W. Kimball taught that, quote, in the world before we came here, faithful women were given certain assignments while faithful men were foreordained to certain priesthood tasks, close quote. We cannot recall the specifics of our pre-mortal experience or what we agreed to accomplish for the Lord. We don't remember the relationships we formed there or how we prepared for our, our earthly experience. It is clear, however, that our loving Heavenly Father, who knows us perfectly, sent us to earth now when the stakes are so high and his work must roll forth like never before. Can we not conclude from that alone that we are among the vast army whom the Lord deemed noble and great? Can we not believe that he gave each of us a premortal assignment to help raise a generation of his most stalwart warriors in a world littered with spiritual landmines because he knew we could be victorious? Would he roll the dice and hope for the best when selecting the parents of the chosen generation whom he needed to help prepare the world for the return of his son? It is my firm conviction that the Lord does not gamble. He does not operate randomly because he knows the end from the beginning and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thus, we can have confidence in knowing that we are not raising children during these perilous times by chance. We are here now because the Lord believes in our ability to do His will against incredible odds, part of which includes bringing up children in light and truth despite the growing darkness around us. Even with that assurance, raising a righteous posterity sometimes feels downright overwhelming. As the moral fabric of society erodes with each passing year, I sometimes wonder how much worse can it get? But imagining anything worse makes me want to curl up in the fetal position and eat chocolate bars around the clock for the rest of my life. Dark chocolate makes everything better, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And the Lord will surely provide calorie-free candy to help us get through the tumult of these last days. I am crossing my fingers that he's going to pull through on that one. But with or without guilt-free chocolate, God held us in reserve to raise our kids amidst the storm of spiritual upheaval. He knowingly sent our kids from the safety of their heavenly home into a sin-laden world that is corrupted every whit. The evil they must wade through on a daily, even hourly basis is no surprise to him. Perhaps that is why... He told the young adults of the church through the prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, that they were, quote, a chosen generation foreordained to do a remarkable work to help prepare the people of this world for the second coming, close quote. Shortly thereafter, at a 2018 worldwide youth devotional, he told the teenagers that they were, quote, among the best the Lord has ever sent to this world and were here at this precise time, the most crucial time in the history of the world to help gather Israel, close quote. Just as President Benson told the young people of the church in the late 1970s that they were a chosen generation who must be prepared to meet God, President Nelson is now telling the children and grandchildren of President Benson's audience that they are here to help gather Israel and prepare the world for the second coming of the Savior. From this, we can conclude that according to the Lord's prophets, both past and present, God's elite team includes our parents' generation, our generation, and that of our kids. 
It then goes without saying that Heavenly Father has complete confidence in all of us, both old and young, who are enlisted in his latter-day army. We all have a role to play. I admit that sometimes I wonder if he sees the same kids that I do, the ones who sometimes forget to brush their teeth and seem incapable sometimes of answering a question with anything more than a barely audible grunt. On occasion, I am tempted to look heavenward, shrug my shoulders, and ask, did this one slip through the heavenly cracks? Because she surely belongs on the remedial squad, and I can do nothing with her. Fix her, Jesus. But then I remember this vital lesson I learned in the fire of difficult parenting experience. Kids come to earth with strong and noble spirits, but without the necessary skills to put their raw strength to good use. And let's be honest, some kids seem to have a million miles further to go on the road to civility, responsibility, and spirituality than others. But that is where the Lord is trusting us as their parents to step up to the plate and help him prepare our kids, his kids, even the most difficult ones to teach for everything that lies ahead before we can adequately prepare them. We must first believe in ourselves, our divinity, and our God-given charge to help raise his youth battalion, whether as parents, as grandparents, as aunts, as teachers or leaders, we all have a part to play. We all have influence over the rising generation, and we must trust that, with the Lord's help, we are capable of accomplishing the sobering assignment to prepare them to accomplish their divinely appointed missions. We must cling to the truth that we are part of a marked generation, putting us among the ranks of God's most courageous, capable, and determined spirits. That is one of my goals with this podcast, to help you see the ground potential in yourselves and live up to the spiritual privileges and power the Lord has promised to his covenant keepers. But that is not all. For once we are converted, the Lord charges us with strengthening our brethren, which surely includes our children and other youth over whom we have influence. Lately, this responsibility has weighed heavy on my mind. Perhaps that is in part because my fourth child is going to graduate from high school next week, and I am realizing once again that my time with her is very short. And in a few months, we're going to be down to one kid at home, which feels so much different than two or three or four and especially five. But it is not my only my own kids that has caused me to ponder, but also your kids. With my background as a parenting coach, I've been wondering how I can help you to strengthen and prepare your kids and all the other youth in your life. Elder Ukdor's words from this past general conference in April 2023 have been ringing in my ears ever since he said them. Quote, the Lord has given parents the sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness, to provide for their physical and spiritual needs, and to teach them to observe the commandments of God. That's enough to keep even the best parents awake at night. My message to all parents is this. The Lord loves you. He is with you. He stands beside you. He is your strength in guiding your children to make righteous choices. Satan will oppose you, distract you, try to discourage you. But every child has received the light of Christ as a direct line to heaven. And the Savior will help you, guide you, and encourage you. Seek his help. Inquire of the Lord. Close quote. While we may lose sleep 
over the weighty responsibility of raising a righteous posterity in an increasingly wicked world, I find comfort in knowing that we don't need to do this work alone. The work of raising children is God's work, and he will be there to help us every step of the way, as long as we seek for his help, and do so with the intent to hearken to his voice. We can believe in our ability to do this great work because God believes in and walks beside us. Not only do we need to believe in ourselves, but we also need to believe unreservedly in our kids. We need to look beyond their frailties and weaknesses to see their greatness and potential, even and probably especially when the raw materials before us are quite rough and untamed. We must pray for a glimpse of the noble warriors they have always been. A glimpse I believe God will graciously provide to us. Ultimately, we need to have faith that, as President Nelson declared, both us and our kids, quote, were taught in the spirit world to prepare us for anything and everything we would encounter during this latter part of these latter days, and that teaching endures within us, close quote. And then, once we've done that, and we are armed with a heavenly perspective, we will be better equipped to provide our kids with the comprehensive physical and spiritual training they do and will need. But how do we gain vital heavenly insight into ourselves and our kids when we cannot sometimes see the forest above the trees, when we feel inadequate or overwhelmed, when our kids make choices that do not line up with their divine identity or what we have taught them, when the challenges of life and parenthood overshadow our eternal perspective? As I have muddled my way through the roller coaster of raising a house full of spirited kids, I have learned that sometimes inspiration for how to transform them from hot messes into delightful humans is not always immediately forthcoming. And when we are in the thick of parenting mud, it is not always easy to see the kids who are creating the mud as soldiers in God's special forces. To the naked eye, they look more like little terrors who are determined to drive their parents to an early grave, and some days they get pretty darn close to accomplishing that mission. Navigating those mud holes, however, has taught me a few things about how to gain greater perspective amidst challenging circumstances. I have found that seeking the Spirit who speaketh of things as they really are and as they really will be is the first step. Clarity can penetrate even the most jaded vision when the Holy Ghost is leading the way. Through my experience, I have discovered that learning to hear the voice of the Spirit while simultaneously working to align my life with His teachings results in an increase of inspiration. Sometimes that inspiration comes like a flood. More often, it comes in small moments of enlightenment. Several months ago, on one of my frequent prayer hikes, I poured out my heart to the Lord as I worked my way toward the summit. More than anything, I wanted to feel His assurance that I could conquer a particularly difficult path He had asked me to travel. After laying my worries on His altar in a heaping and chaotic mess, this simple thought came into my mind. I wish I could show you everything right now, but I cannot trust the glimpses. As I have prayed 
listened, and kept myself worthy by doing his will, Heavenly Father has, over the course of many years, given me tiny glimpses into who I am, who my kids are, and what we are here on earth to accomplish. Because he has allowed me to see myself and my family through his eyes, if only for a moment, I have a perspective I could never have gained on my own, a heavenly view that gives me hope as I wade through the struggles and pitfalls of raising fallible children in a sinful world, a perspective I know I can trust because it comes from God. I believe Heavenly Father is anxious to help us understand who we are and how we fit into his plan. I believe he will give each of us, if we ask in faith, small glimpses into the nobility of our spirits and the heavenly stature of the children we are working to raise. And that knowledge, gained only through the Holy Ghost, changes everything. It changes how we see ourselves, how we see our kids, and how we approach parenting. It allows us to view our families and our children in terms of potential rather than current reality. And when heavenly potential is the center of our vision, we can confidently parent from a place of faith and trust instead of fear and worry, no matter how bad the world gets or how many mistakes we or our kids make along the way. As we set fear aside and raise our children from a place of trust and belief, they are more likely to develop confidence in themselves and in their capacity to accomplish the difficult and amazing things the Lord has sent them here to earth to do. Having said that, I know it is sometimes challenging to keep a heavenly outlook when the explosion of diversions, distractions, and evil in our society continues to intensify with each passing year. Consequently, parents who are working to raise faithful kids in the spiritually toxic environment of our day are prime targets for Satan's fiery darts of fear. Because it comes straight from the adversary, fear is the enemy of faith. It is also the enemy of good parenting and one of the many ways in which the adversary is relentlessly attacking our families. But the Lord has promised that if we are prepared, we shall not fear. The world will continue to be in commotion. The morals of society will continue to fall. The adversary will not stop attacking our faith, our families, or our children. The Lord has called us to live and raise children in modern-day Babylon. But we can prepare ourselves and our children to stand strong amid the relentless attacks for our souls. And preparation is the greatest form of protection. I know that this sounds and feels more daunting than just about anything else that you can imagine. It feels that way to me too. We all feel the weight of this call, and there is a lot of worry and guilt and even shame surrounding modern day parenting. But I feel called to help you navigate this tricky space. I am not a perfect parent. I will say that up front. My kids are far from perfect, but I am trained as both a parenting coach and a creation coach. And a year and a half ago, I left the parenting space because I felt called to help women stand more firmly in their faith. I always felt like I would return to that parenting work, but I didn't know how it would all fit together with this new path. But I can see it now. I can see how it all fits together. As women, as mothers, as grandmothers, we must first become converted to Jesus Christ before we can help our kids become converted. And that has been my focus for the past year and a half, to help you 
become converted and strengthened in your faith. And I will continue to make that my focus. But I feel like it is time to add more to that focus, to start teaching women how to prepare their kids to do great things for the Lord. And that in and of itself, preparing our kids to do great things for the Lord, that is a massive act of faith. As I see it, preparing our kids to stand for and with Jesus Christ involves more than spiritual preparation alone. Of course, they need to have faith in Jesus Christ, and pointing them to him will be our number one parenting priority. But they also need practical skills to support their faith. They have to be able to communicate that faith effectively. They have to learn to be obedient and reliable. They must have confidence in themselves and in God. They must take responsibility for their lives and recognize that choice and accountability are two sides of the same coin. There is much that goes into preparation, and it's multifaceted. But as we learn in the Doctrine and Covenants, everything is spiritual to the Lord. So this temporal preparation, it integrates beautifully with spiritual preparation, and they are one big whole when you put them all together. Now, I know that we have our work cut out for us, my friends, but I am confident in our ability to do it. I believe in you. I believe in our kids, in my kids, in your kids, and in this entire rising generation. I believe they are the Lord's elite, and we are also the Lord's elite because it is our task to prepare them for their tasks. And all of it is important. All of it is important. I believe in the Lord's power and in his willingness to share that power with us as we work to prepare his kids for all that is coming. Most importantly, to greet the Savior when he comes again. That is their task, to prepare the world to greet the Savior when he comes again. My friends, I am excited for this new leg in this new journey, and it's going to be a party, and it's going to be parenting, and it's going to be strengthening faith, and we're going to integrate that all into one beautiful whole. That will be happening again When I come back in the fall, I hope you all have a fantastic summer break. I hope you enjoy your family and your kids. And you will be able to find me on Instagram. My handle is Lynette Shepard, just my name. I will link it in the show notes so you can follow along through the summer, through our adventures. But I will see you back here on the podcast in the fall for this exciting new leg in our journey. Thanks again for being here, my friends. Together, let's stand. See you soon. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepard.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.